I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. John 16.33 Strikers, when faced with difficult times, how are we making it through? Let's find out next on The Mighty Anthem. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Alan. Good How morning. are you doing today? Ah, it's been a long time since 530. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It has. How are we liking it? I almost, forget what it? I almost forget what it looks like outside. <laughs> you can't see anything outside. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm watching the back of my eyelids most of the time. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> um, so, uh, welcome, Strikers. We're uh, back for uh, Season 5, Episode 3. Uh, this episode is uh, in the the Overcomer uh, series that we got. So we'll, you'll notice that some of them, we've done a couple of Overcomers, and then uh, it's not like a whole series. It's just uh, one-offs, but each season uh, we've got one. So we've got another one today, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear this one uh, because I know the story, and uh, I know where it's going. So, uh, But for the brushing at ELC events, we have February 25th, Warrior Night. Oh. Yeah, uh, I was gonna yell rock a sock, but it's five thirty, <laughs> and there's people in the house that would be really upset because they're trying to sleep. Uh, February twenty seventh, we have baptisms, and March second, uh, encounter worship night. So that's uh, where we just get our worship on. It's a pretty hopefully spirit led uh, service. So. NLC has great worship nights. I, I remember, um, yeah, my wife and I we loved them. Yeah. Uh, it's a party. You know, I remember the first time I walked into, it was a celebration coming to church at the time and being ra- I was baptized Catholic and raised Baptist. And the first time I stepped that place and I was like, wow, these people really rock out for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on. It was, it was kind of, it was like, strange. are there going to be laser lights? <laughs> laser lights. Like a light show afterwards? And... Yeah. So, uh, we got a Grace Point Family Church. Uh, Grace Point Family Church, uh, coming up, we have, well, right now, currently, we have our book studies going on for men and women. Um, you can find out more information on gracepointfamilychurch.com. Uh, other than that, we have, uh, coming up in March, uh, the first Saturday in March, we have Bring the Light uh, Ministries, and that is, you know, the, uh, outreach that we have going on where we go to, uh, certain, you know, specific areas in downtown Dallas, um, hand out hand out meals uh, for the needy there. Also, we have our permanent food bank in Anna, Texas, called Grace Place, and that is located at 505 North Powell Parkway in Anna, Texas. It is open Monday and Wednesday at from 4 to 7 p.m. and Saturday from uh, 8 a.m. to noon. And then at that point, like if you find yourself, that's for people that find themselves uh, to be in a situation where they're food insecure. Um, come by, you can do a little shopping, get some food that you will actually eat. And, um, that way, you know, we can uh, take the time to, to help you out, pray for you and, uh, get you set up with some food. Hopefully you can bring some donuts from there next time. I don't know. Do they have oh, the cinnamon rolls are amazing. <sighs> They're, I mean, so somebody told me like they put cinnamon to shame and I was like, what are they talking about? And then I had one, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're right. Yeah, Cinnabon doesn't, have a, doesn't stand a chance. Nice, nice. Uh, so for Embrace events coming up, April 29th through May 1st, we have Adopted Family Camp Out at Lake Whitney State Park. Uh, and June 8th, we have Child to Family Connection Adoption Event, and that is going to be at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano. So, Alan, how do people get a hold of us if they want to uh, get in contact with us? Yes, for questions or comments, you can email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at mightyanvilpodcast. And for those that want to listen off the website, you can go to themightyanvil.com. And that way you can listen to all episodes from every single season. 
All right, Strikers, we uh, have a guest with us today. I met this gentleman, uh, I guess it was in 2019. Um, no, I guess it was 2020. Wow. Uh, anyway, it was back when we were going through Freedom. Uh, we had a really small group, which was interesting. So I think we've discussed this on the Freedom episodes. But um, yeah, there was a gentleman in there that uh, showed up. We had Paul, we had Mark, and we had Matthew. Okay, so <laughs> we were hoping that uh, group of apostles. Yeah, we had the group of apostles in there, so it was it was interesting. But um, his story is really interesting, and uh, the one of the reasons uh, why I'm interested in this is because of some things that I've been going through in the past couple of uh, years with my son, and um, yeah. I don't know how deep I want to go into that, but you'll probably figure out what, what's going on once we start talking to Mark. But uh, I've, I've sat down with Mark uh, dinner one night and kind of got the story. And uh, it's just, I'm hoping that it, it helps somebody. I know it will uh, because it's helped me. And I just knew that I needed to have him on. We did not have this podcast at the time, but um, yeah, I was, I've always been trying to figure out how to get him on the weekend mm-hmm. just because it's really impactful and uh it it hits home especially in nowadays where we have uh kids with i don't know why they have such high anxiety anymore yeah um but other things but let well, i'll i'll digress a little bit but uh today we got mark gatton uh on the on podcast with us today welcome mark thank you it's good to um, be here how you doing it's uh, five thirty-five, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there yeah <laughs> i can tell you're doing a lot better because when i met you i don't know how much you weighed but it, I think there was two of you uh, of what you got going on now. That would be appropriate, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are a core le- core value-led podcast. Uh, we get that from ELC. That's just kind of some of the DNA that was put in there. What are your top three core values? So my uh, top three, uh, I had to kind of sit and meditate on these because I, I never really, uh, you know, thought about core values uh, but obviously, um, integrity, uh, is, has always been, um, one of my top and faith. Um, and the way I was thinking about them is kind of how they all went hands in hand. Uh, again, you know, the way I was raised, it was, you know, there was never really anything about what are your core values and, you know, how much emphasis you put into them. And, and now, in my walk, uh, it makes it makes a lot more sense on how to focus on on establishing those. So it does give you kind of a template to to be able to maintain your walk. Yeah, I think core values are important. So important that I've got mine. I got my top three uh, written on my mirror, and then my bottom three written on my mirror. My top three are pretty much set in stone on what they are, but the bottom three are ones that I want to work on that particular year and uh and grow in those so uh, i do feel that you know they're they're important and that's what i'm learning you know it's uh especially attending elevate you know surrounding yourself with the people that uh help you grow um there is there is no too late you you can start you can you can develop that that habit that 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 uh that system if you will uh, and, and I think starting with core values and, and like you said, writing them down and, um, my wife, my wonderful wife of 30 plus years, she's great about writing things on the mirror in the bathroom and I always used to think, really, what do you, you know, I got to <laughs> shave here, come on. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it, it, it's, it's very important to, to start there, you know, get yourself a foundation. Yes. I need to put mine on my mirror. I used to. And then. Yeah, I just I need to put them back on the mirror. Got to look at them every day. Yeah, uh, they yeah. they're starting to move over here, or they will be here in this in this room. I got a new board because when we have the cleaning ladies come in, I know mm. privilege, right? Um, yeah. Third world problems, first world problems, first world problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 maids will come in and uh, and clean the mirror, mm-hmm. and within fifteen twenty minutes of them leaving, I write them back up there. And Tammy's like, you're not even giving me one day of uh, just a clean, clean feel mirror. And I'm like, well, don't look over here. (laughs) 
That's that's the uh, heart of Jesus. Touch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the heart of Jesus. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Nothing. Else. Move on. Um, so, do you have a core scripture? My core scripture uh, would be Psalms twenty-three, and the reason why I chose Psalms twenty-three is because it's just it's a, it's a beautiful scripture all the way through. But I found that mm, fifteen years, sixteen years ago when I was with Grace, uh, I really started dissecting and tearing apart uh, scriptures. And when I started with Psalms 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For some reason, I just stopped in my tracks. And, you know, I thought, wow, that part of the scripture right there is enough. Yeah. You know, and and I think sometimes that's... uh, you know, I find myself reading, and, and I go through, and you know, just run through the scripture, and and I think when you when you take that time and kind of meditate on uh, just the first two or three or four words, you'll you'll be surprised on on how powerful it is. But one of the neat things about Grace when I was attending back in the day is is uh, we had this big poster, uh, uh, you know, on the back. It said all it said was "But God," one word one word so it just it's, it's amazing how you can just take in a scripture and break it down and meditate on just a portion of it and find how powerful it is but Psalms 23 is definitely uh, you know the one I lean on right on um, you know we have a little fun question here favorite state that you uh, like to visit so and I uh, would appreciate uh, you guys not laughing at me. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I just laughed. I just laughed. Uh, didn't take a um, second. It was always a running joke uh, yeah, a long time ago with the guys. Um, so where are you going uh, this this year on vacation? Oklahoma. Okay. I'm trying hard not to laugh. <laughs> no, there's actually some beautiful places in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, and, and this is a uh, rear view mirror uh reflection of of oklahoma there's just for me my son and my daughter uh there are just so many great memories and it's in a town called sulfur oklahoma which is just uh i believe it's east of turner falls off of 35 if you guys remember turner falls Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. used to be the hot spot destination and um you know we were going to go camping and uh you know went to turner falls and got in there and, and davis oklahoma uh, actually took over Turner Falls, and it just it it's it turned into a bad place. And really? it's, it's really sad because, you know, uh, nature wise, and and how it was all laid out was was really nice. So we ended up on a path uh, down the road uh, for about two or three miles, and saw a, you know brown sign for I believe it's Chickshaw Reservation or whatever. And of course, you see a brown sign, you know, there's got to be camping and stuff there. So we took a venture out there and went through Davis, Oklahoma, which is the one took over Turner Falls. And then uh, we ended up in Sulphur, Oklahoma. Huh. And it had, it's known for uh, Little Niagara. Little Niagara. Mm. Little Niagara. It's a, it's a spring-fed uh, creek. Uh, but what they've done is they've uh, man-made this little um, uh, dam or, or, you know, walkway to where uh, it leads into a pool uh, that you can swim. And the way they designed it, it's, it's, it's an actual waterfall. Okay. And it's very, very nice. And, and the best part about it, this is a spring fed. So literally every day, the next day, you're not swimming in the same water. Hmm. And it's like ice cold. Cool. <laughs> oh, nice. It is ice cold? It's ice cold. You're that's, that's very nice down here in the... The hot belt. <laughs> the hot belt. Yeah, where it's just, well, I mean, not now because it's, you know, like 30 degrees out. 30 degrees. I was, I opened the door for uh, Mark and I was like, oof. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing shorts today. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a brave soul there. <laughs> uh, Mark, so uh, going back to uh, what I was talking about um, and where we met you was in Freedom. And uh, you had mentioned something I didn't know at the time. I don't know if we'll get into that, but... Uh, your story, it really, you know, 
it's really interesting. And I don't know how to begin. So uh, I guess well, you are from Texas. Sounds like you were from McKinney. Born in Amarillo, raised in McKinney. Okay. And um, married? Going on 33 years. Okay, I'm going to jump back here. What's the, what's the secret to 33 years? Uh, God. God? <laughs> you know, um, there is no secret. It's, it's, it's um, one day at a time and, uh, and really just um, fighting, fighting for it. Not fighting with her, but fighting for uh, making that day and making it count and making it happen. And, of course, this is experience uh, uh, speaking after gone through it. Um, I, I, I'm so blessed. Uh, the Lord really hand-selected uh, this young lady for me, and uh, she has uh, she's definitely been my rock. Right on. What uh, what state of mind were you in when you uh, joined when you were with us in Freedom? Well, as uh, I was uh, making some confessions this morning with you earlier. Um, I think there was probably a third of the time uh, that uh, I was meeting with you guys that um, I guess I should have won an Oscar after talking to you. This <laughs> right, I had no idea. Um, I was uh, I was so uh, under the influence. Uh, my choice of poison was vodka because they. They always said that, you know, you couldn't smell it. Um, but um, there were so many nights that I attended, and I guess I was uh, able to really disguise it. Uh, but that was, that was, uh, that was pretty much uh, the beginning of the end of uh, my sobriety. Uh, this March will actually mark my one year sobriety nice nice so um yeah uh the state of my i was like i said i was i think i was i think it's safe to say i was coming to the end of my journey uh you know the the season if you will right uh that uh that i was uh introduced to uh back in 2014 so let's uh let's go well i mean let's go back to 2014 uh, or let's go a little bit before then. So married wife, you had mentioned that you had a son and a daughter. Um, sure. And uh, let's go a little bit before, tw- let's go 2013. How old was your kids at that time? Uh, let's see. Spencer, my son, 2013 would have been 22. Uh, no, my goodness. Uh, let's see. There's six years difference between my son and daughter. He was born in 97. She was born in 91. So she was a freshman in high school. That would put her at 15. Yeah, 21. Okay. okay. Trust my man. <laughs> <laughs> quick math. It just has to be quick. It doesn't have to be right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of take this story somewhere. But um, so probably not the best uh, state of mind that you were in at the time uh, that we met. And then, okay, back to 2013. Um, y'all are going around. What What was the situation at home like? 2013, it was great. I mean, again, this was the uh, the time frame that I was attending Grace. Uh, um, Grace was a small church in Princeton that was led by the... Uh, he was a former uh, producer for a Christian radio station, KCBI. Hmm. Uh, and... Um, Actually, his father founded the church, and, and he took over. Um, man, my walk with God was uh, was incredible. My uh, my hour as a family uh, time at church was was just. I mean, it was everything I ever thought you know it was supposed to be. Uh, uh, had no financial struggles. Had no health issues. Uh, didn't drink. Uh, I mean, there was just there was nothing I could ask for. I mean, my my life was 
at a point now, because 2014, that would have been uh, seven years subtract from 33, would have been, you know, 28, 27 years with my, my wife. And, uh, you know, my daughter was a freshman in high school and uh, are going to be a freshman in 2014. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, life was great. I had no complaints. So take us back to the day where it kind of all started for you, where the season kind of changed. And, okay. Yeah. So um, July 2014, uh, my wife and uh, daughter decided to take a road trip. We went to uh, South Dakota in July. I wanted to see a spectacular fireworks show at Mount Rushmore. Ah, nice. They, okay. Uh, had a drought, and that was... Uh, and you had to go through Oklahoma to get there? Um, yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a great road trip. And, uh, and of course, uh, we get back and uh, get settled. Uh, I am uh, an assistant general manager at a large uh, retail jewelry chain out in Louisville. So, you know, there's a ton of paperwork waiting for me. And uh, I get back. And uh, a couple days after we got back, my wife... Uh, called me and she was telling me that uh, she was trying to get a hold of our son Spencer because he had an apartment he lived uh, by himself there in McKinney uh, actually had a girlfriend um, I said he wasn't answering his phone and uh, she found it you know I guess mother's intuition kicked in you know and she felt like we needed to stop by there and just you know check out and see what's going on and uh, I said yeah you know I, I can leave the you know the store early and uh that was over in Louisville, so I headed down 121, and we both met at departments over there off of uh, uh, 121 and Highway 5, I guess is what it is, McKinney there. And uh, we saw his truck was there, so we thought, well, you know, he was supposed to have been at work. He worked night shifts at uh, Encore Wire there in McKinney. And um, we go up the front door and, you know, start banging on the door, and uh, there was no answer, and... Uh, we checked the lock and of course it was locked and you know we're going through the cell phones you know continue to call and by this time it's right six almost a quarter to six uh p.m and um we ended up getting a hold of the office manager and um asked her you know she had a master key that would uh, allow us to you know go in and check on him and uh so she was really really wonderful she came up there and uh she tried her master key, and of course it worked, but the uh, deadbolt lock was on, hmm. and there was no key for a deadbolt. And uh, not thinking, you know, I'm just like, Dad, you know, I just move out of the way, I'll kick the door in. And she goes, well, we can't do that. We have to, you know, we have to call the police and have them come over and do a welfare check. And I thought, you know, that that sounds logical. So I, you know, mosey over the balcony and I'm going back through my phone, text messages and stuff with my job. And, uh, uh, by this time I think it's like five till six and, uh, she had, uh, called, uh, the police department and dispatch and, um, we're all sitting on the balcony and pace around and 615 rolls around. There's you know, nobody from the police department. 630 rolls around. And again, I, 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 I look back and I'm thinking, I'm just over there caught up in my work. You know, my wife and the office manager, their ladies, and they're, you know, doing their thing, walking around back and forth talking. And uh, about 6.45, I think uh, the ladies, like, both said, we, we can't wait. So the office manager looked over at me and, you know, said, Mr. Gatton, do what you need to do to get in. Well, that's all I needed at that time, weighing 280 pounds. Uh, I'm going to see what it'll do for me. <laughs> so I bust, uh, I busted the door in one hit. Um, and of course my wife and the office manager remained outside and, uh, and I went inside, you know, looked at the apartment and went straight to his bedroom. Bed was made. And, um, Nothing seen out of place. I'm okay. Of course, I'm, you know, Spencer, you here? Spencer? 
Spencer, Spencer. And then I walk back to the living room and walk into a, another bedroom on the other side uh, where his little man cave was. And, um, and, uh, I, uh, saw they took his life and, uh, it was, uh, very, uh, very surreal. Um, and I, you know, obviously checked for any signs of life and there was none and immediately went outside and of course before I even said anything um, my wife had knew and uh, she immediately just buckled and uh, dropped to the uh, to the ground and it's really it's really crazy one of the things that I, I really remember the most is as I'm kneeling down beside her, all I kept saying was, God's in control. God's in control. That's the only thing that kept coming out of my mouth. And uh, she is just frantic. And, and, and she goes, are you sure? Are you sure? Go back in. And of course, uh, I won't get into details on how uh, he took his life. But I go back in. And um, what seemed like, you know, eternity, I stood there and, and again went through the process of checking and, and it was obvious but you know came back out and I you know I, I you know he was he was gone um so again the office manager calls 911 and of course this time in a matter of three minutes you have nine squad cars EMTs paramedics firefighters everybody there and now Rage has just begun, you know. I'm like, where were you guys when I called you an hour ago? Um, but um, the season uh, started for me uh, on that day of uh, why, you know, what, what, you know. What's going on here? And of course, afterwards, you know, down the road, you immediately go through the healing process of, you know, was it my fault? Was it my, you know, what did I do? What, you know, where, where did I go wrong? And uh, because again, you know, prior to that, uh, we just, we had such a wonderful life. I mean, we were doing what we really felt like we were supposed to do as, as Christians. And uh, my son was, above average I think when it comes to a, a young man of his age uh, during that era uh, had no problem with the law had a great job at Encore Wire the people just loved him there um, he um, you know there was just no signs you know no signs of um, depression drug use uh, he had you know Nights of drinking a couple times with his buddies, which is yeah, I think we all have right normal. Yeah, I mean, you would see that and go, that's you know. But um, after that day, um, you know, tried to um, get back into you know the the swing of things, and and what's really crazy is the month of July uh, for the next two years seemed to be a bad month for me. <laughs> uh, the following July, I had a, uh, a car wreck and ended up having to have surgery and stuff like this. And um, I got promoted at my job. They asked me literally three days, four days after my son passed if I w wanted to, to take the GM position, uh, which was a pretty big role. And I thought, well, you know, this will be something you can visit, you can be occupied. Uh, for about five years, I uh, I just, uh, I tried to deal with the situation Mark's way. 
and that did not include God. And uh, did you step away from going from ch- going to church at that time? I I stepped away from everything, yeah, and turned to everything. <laughs> um, alcohol became my best friend. Uh, it uh, uh, hid the pain. And, uh, of course, created more for my, my wife and daughter. Uh, but I think they thought that, uh, you know, if this is, you know, what dad needs, uh, you know, we're going to support him in whatever way. And they never really, you know, um, never really hounded me until probably uh, the latter part when it just it started getting out of hand. Uh you know, the crazy thing is, you know, going to work and uh, by this time, and it's it's a, it's a longer story than what I'm, I'm sharing, but fast forward, um, July car wreck, the next July uh, lawsuit against the company I'm working for because of uh, some uh, unethical behavior on management's behalf. Uh, the fourth year, uh, litigations come to an end. Um, I received my little paycheck and moved on to a new career. So uh, it was um, it's quite challenging for the uh, four years. Um, but the fifth year came along and um, started seeing the light and. Uh, was introduced to Elevate Life and, um, you know, still, you know, trying to figure out a way to get away from this alcohol. And uh, I was telling uh, Scott earlier, you know, the first third of uh, freedom uh, would tend, you know, these nights really intoxicated. Uh, Strikers, uh, we'll dig in in a little bit more here in a second, but let's uh, take some commercial breaks, and uh, we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. And we're back. Uh, we're here with Mac, uh, Mark Gatton today uh, discussing uh, his his testimony um, and, and getting through that. Uh, Alan, you had a question? Yeah, so I wanted to ask, and, and maybe this is an obvious question, or, or maybe it has an obvious answer, and maybe it doesn't, but during this time, you know, the, the, the five years um, after, the, after your son um, had passed, did you find yourself mad at God? Yes. Mad, well, mad or maybe disappointed or um, confused. Um, but yes, it was definitely something that it was easy for me to, uh, you know, pin off because, uh, you know, again, when I reflect back the day on the balcony with my wife, the words that continuously came out of my mouth was God was in control. God was in control. And and of course, after the fact, I, uh, you know, start dissecting everything. And well, if God was in control, why, why didn't he control my son to make a different decision? Mm -hmm. But yes, to answer your question, I was, I was very displeased with, with God. And how did that, uh, I guess, how did, how did you, over time, how did that turn around? Uh, coming to realize that um, 
I was figuring out that um, God never left my side. Uh, it, it it was more of separating myself uh, from the flesh and the spirit, and um, and just you know, as I was telling Scott earlier, you know when when I accepted Jesus as my savior, uh, at the age of 12, uh, I knew it wasn't a stamp of, I'm going to be perfect. Uh, but it was going to be the, uh, guarantee that, uh, you know, he was never going to leave me. And it was just, it was a time process of, of, um, just figuring out, you know, um, that, that he's still there. And, and I just had to, I had to get through this period, uh, to, to actually get to where I'm at today as far as, um, just figuring it out. I don't know if that's your question or not. No, 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 it does. And I think it, I, I think back to when we had, um, Lee Hendricks on and he had, you know, uh, said something similar about how God's always, Jesus is always there. You know, he had mentioned a time when in his life where he was, you know, in the mud, spinning his wheels and just making a mess of everything. And then, you know, he said there was a, a point where he realized like, you know, God's always here with me. So let me just step back and let him take control as opposed to trying to handle things my way. Just like you said, uh, you know, in the, the five years, the four years afterwards, you were trying to do things my way instead of um, letting God take control. And then in, in doing that, you ended up turning away from God and then turning away to the way the world handles everything. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, the job I uh, just had up until September of last year in March of last year, which would have been 2021. Um, the the place I worked, uh, we had open bar, uh, which was convenient for you know uh, I had high end uh, customers and you know uh, open bar was very convenient uh, not just for them but for me. Um, one of the gentlemen that I worked with at that time made a comment and said, you know, um, you know, we're not asking to quit drinking, but you know, uh, when you do drink, you you kind of a little different and you know maybe you want to kind of control it and when he said that to me that day um the words that came out of his mouth was uh maybe you could control it differently you know by drinking less and that really stuck with me because of the fact that it was like that's my problem I'm trying to control everything. Hmm. And in March of 2021 was when I uh, I said, I'm done. I'm done. And what's really cool is, and Scott made a comment earlier about when he first met me, it, uh, I had not just a spiritual but a physical and mental uh, all three come together and I said I'm done I'm gonna I'm gonna lose weight by spring of 2022 I'm gonna run a 5k and if if you would have seen me back then you would have probably laughed I do have pictures <laughs> um but um, with the help of my doctor, uh, because I was on a lot of medications for depression and blah, blah, blah. And uh, my doctor uh, finally figured out that I was ADD uh, because my daily routine consisted of about eight cups of Starbucks with triple shots of espresso. And, and then I would go home and go straight to sleep. Uh, but he was like, this this isn't right. Why are you consuming so much caffeine? But you, and I'd worked on uh, 
timepieces, which is a very meticulous operation when you're working with 150 pieces that are two or three microns in size, you know, and you had to have a steady hand. But I was telling him, you know, the more caffeine I drank, the steadier my hands were. So after he did his little uh, test and everything and found out I was ADD, he put me on the correct medications. Uh, and it was just, it was life-changing physically. But then the mental uh, process happened, which spiritual change was was already in process. I didn't know, but but the uh, the light bulb inside went off. Um, that was the light bulb that went off a little too soon. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the light bulb went off, and uh, it it made sense that um, if I was going to go, if I was going to do this. Um, I can no longer do it Mark's way. I had to do it God's way. So what were some steps that you took mentally? So we got the physical, right? We stopped drinking. We uh, found out that we were attention deficit disorder and then uh, got on the correct medicine with that. Uh, what did you What did you do for the mental part of it? The mental part was, um, again, figuring out uh, that, you know, surrounding myself uh, with the right people, Getting into scripture, which, you know, in today's society, getting into scripture, uh, there should be no excuse because of the fact that uh, whether you want to believe it or not, you're carrying your Bible around with you wherever you go with uh, technology. So, and I, th- I find that, you know, that's that's one of the great things about technology is the fact that um, you can pull up scripture at any time. So the mental part was just, um, again, uh, just focusing on uh, on the right things, and um, again, following direction. You know, I, I guess I guess the spiritual side trumped the mental side. You know, once sobriety or you know kicked in, my clarity was back. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Sean. Uh, we'd started attending uh, marriage groups on Wednesday nights. And a uh, gentleman, do you remember Sean? Uh, maybe. He, uh, he, he passed away in September of last year in a motorcycle wreck. Sean and yeah. Alicia. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, I know them. Sean, and what's funny about Sean is it, it, the first night we met again, uh, at that time, uh, I was not sober, uh, because that would have been the year prior in 2020. Uh, and Sean, if you ever, if you ever met him, uh, this big muscle, burly guy, bald headed, uh, uh, Harley Davidson rider. And it's funny when we first met, you know, we, you know, uh, went our way and then the, after we we kind of developed a relationship, we had coffee and and he uh, confessed. He goes, "Man, I I admit to you, man, uh, I didn't know what to think of you when I first you know I figured you'd be one of the." And I'm like, "Dude, that's that's what I thought about you." <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up becoming spiritual uh, brothers and um, you know met for coffee. And then again, unfortunately, uh, um, right, yeah. So I wanted to ask, how did this change your, how did your prayer life change going through this? Um, it, I don't want to say this, but, um, it became more serious. Okay. Um, more um more real you know we in the past i would yeah yeah i pray all the time and no it it became more intense it became more uh i don't know how to explain it it just uh revealing did it Uh, did it change what you actually prayed for 
because I think Can, sometimes, sorry, I, I was going to say, I think sometimes we, we start prayers and we want to, we, we pray for ourselves, our well-being, our family, you know, and we don't necessarily, we focus a lot of our prayer on ourselves. And I think that sometimes, um, going when, when your prayer becomes, like you said, more real and more revealing, I think sometimes that ends up changing. Well, I'm not going to pray for myself. Now I'm going to pray for other people and their well-being, prosperity, their, their growth and not, and focused. I think that's, I think that's to me, I think it's when you start to really develop your relationship with God is when you take the focus off of yourself. And now I'm, I'm praying for somebody else. I'm not praying for myself. I'm not praying for my job or, you know, a raise or anything like that. I'm praying for somebody else, um, their hardship, their success, their, their, their ability to conquer, you know, whatever might be going on. When, when you break it down like that, I understand the question more. Uh, yes, it, it changed, uh, 180 degrees. It, it, it became more about, everything outside of me. And the reason why I think that is, is because of the fact that I, I was beginning to see that when I prayed outside for my wife, especially my daughter, especially, uh, you know, being a, a freshman in high school and finding out her brother took his life. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but the day that she, uh, stood up there at the funeral and uh, looked at everybody and, and just said, you know, my brother made a long-term decision on a short-term problem. Uh, but, yes, it my, my prayers have become more about others. And I think what I was seeing is when that was taking place and I was seeing the prayers being answered, it changed me. So in a roundabout way, they were for me because mm. it was changing everything around me and giving me that, um, giving me that hope back and that trust and that belief that I had uh, before with God. And giving my relationship back with him, making it stronger. How did um, how were your relationships with your daughter, your wife? When it's when that day happened, how did your relationships change, and then how has it changed since then? So again, in the beginning, uh, the relationship my wife and daughter were. I thought really great. Um, after the fact, uh, there was um, some some separation uh, between my wife and I um, physically and um, spiritually. I believe uh, my daughter, our relationship was on a path of getting stronger every day. Um, but it was, again, uh, really separated, you know, with me turning to alcohol and not to them. Um, I found myself, I wasn't, you know, violent or you know, mean to my family or anything like that. But when you isolate yourself, I think sometimes that can be just as bad. Uh, and, you know, not talk, uh, you know, and just and keep continuously burying those emotions down inside. And, and I think that's where, you know, a lot of the heartache came from on from them was, Mark wasn't the same old Mark. You know, it's like it just dried up vessel. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. And then where where is everything now? I'm assuming it sounds like it's in a much, much, much better place. 
much, much better place. Um, we have uh, found ELC. Uh, my daughter has blossomed into uh, the most incredible servant leader. She just can't, she can't find enough to, to do. She does photography. She works with kids and uh, a part of the you know small kids ministry. My wife... Same thing, um, servant leader with the kids. Uh, I myself uh, become a servant leader with uh, welcoming and security and things like that. So we've made that 180-degree turn back, uh, this time 100% with uh, the Lord leading the way. And uh, I could not be more proud. I could not be... Uh, more happy I could not have if you stood in front of me right now with duffel bags of money and where I'm at today and and ask me to make a choice my choice would be where I'm at today because even before this happened with my son, just like a lot of us, we, we chase that dream, which unfortunately includes the money. Um, money money can't, it, it can't buy where I'm at today with my peace. Mm. Nice. What's something that you could tell... Um, Sorry, so what are some of the tools that you used to get through those difficult times? Well, unfortunately, I mean, it was alcohol. <laughs> but but uh, I, I don't know. Just I guess just your question is more about how did I handle or no, like um, so. There, there's obviously time. So since you've been sober, and there's times where I'm sure that it hits you a little bit harder that you know a memory of your son or something. What is something that gets you through those difficult times now? Instead of today, trying, yeah. Oh, it's it's just meditation and 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 talk, talk with the Lord. I. To me, I've gotten to where my conversations with God isn't bowing your head and praying. You know, it's just it's just talking and then praying and and meditating and and getting in the Word and uh, celebrate or surrounding yourself. Uh, that's probably one of the the biggest things is is you know putting yourself in an environment or a an area or a, a, a daily. Uh, routine of positive people that you know know the Lord and mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to share testimonies and stories uh, that's that's the biggest tool is is just you know quit doing it yourself yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> that is a big key um what so as we kind of wrap up this uh, this uh, episode. What would be something that you could tell someone to help them get through their tough time with a similar loss? Obviously, it would be have faith. Um, talk to people. Um, reveal what's going on. Uh, don't, don't isolate yourself. Um... And just and trust. Do you feel the, that those are the things you weren't doing the first couple of years after that? You weren't talking to anybody. You were just kind of keeping it inside. That was that's exactly what I was. I mean, I was yeah. Again, I was. Mark had everything under control in my mind, and that was don't talk to anybody. It's nobody's business. Don't. Kiss your wife when you get home. Don't hug your daughter. 
go find something to drink. Um, the day will go and get up the next day and do it again. But yeah, isolating was definitely one of my worst enemies. Yeah, I think that that uh, is, a, is a tool that the devil uses to kind of separate mm-hmm. you and help you feel despair and, and loss and, and to continue on that path. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a trickster like that. How did, uh, it sounds, your wife, how did your wife deal with this? Like, she... you know, Scott, uh, she, she dealt with it, um, the complete opposite way that I thought she would have. Um, her and my son were very tight, uh, as we all were, but, um, she dealt with it just unlike I, I I could imagine, and I believe today, looking back, that that was because of her connection with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think I know God reversed the uh, role, if you will. Uh, I think we, well, for those of us that. I've gotten out of the Old Testament, you know, the the man is the head of the household, he's the rock, he's the leader, you know. It 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 turned. She became the rock. She became that strength. And when I look back, I couldn't I couldn't be here sitting here talking to you guys without her. I'm a true I, I really believe that the reason why we go through things in our life is to help someone else. Um, as difficult as it may seem and how it even, even sucks that why my testimony has to be this way to help somebody. But it is really kind of going back to the way you said that you pray and, and not focusing it on you, but putting, putting your energy towards other people. Uh, I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to, uh, love other people and, uh, make it about everybody else. And when he, when you find that key, I think that turns a lot of things around for you. And, um, I th- yeah, it goes the testimonies. I think it, it really is to help other people get through those hard times. Uh, I'm really impressed with you, Mark, on how, um, one, uh, your acting skills, <laughs> I try to <laughs> lighten that up a little bit, but, um, you know, Knowing where you were then and uh, knowing where you are now and seeing the changes in you, very impressed. Uh, and and I'm very thankful that you're able to uh, be where you are today. And hopefully that your story today will help someone else uh, get through those hard times. And uh, in the link, there will be, uh, well, in our show notes, there's always a link to uh, Suicide Prevention, AFSP, uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Those acronyms always get me. But there's always show notes in there, so if you need help and uh, you need, you're going through some tough times and you need someone to talk to and you feel like you don't have one, uh, there with that link, there's telephone numbers and everything inside that. Um, yeah, Mark, uh, just seeing you the change. Um, on a lighter note, you said you were going to run a 5K in the spring. Do you have one lined out? I do not. Uh, of course, it will be uh, one that will represent or uh, um, be able to provide some assistance with suicide prevention I I really and I don't think it's too late uh, I really wanted to uh, put together a 5k uh, up in Anna um, I don't know what it takes to, to you know but I, I think I have a, a you know a window because when I said spring, let me kind of fast forward it. Actually, I wanted to try to do it by June because Spencer's birthday was June 12th. And of course I wanted to, you know, uh, incorporate, uh, the theme of this in, in memory of my son. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm still in the process of maybe trying to, uh, uh put together. My son worked at Encore Wire. I mm-hmm. mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is another little chapter of my, my testimony, which I know we don't have time for, but what's funny is when I left the little store that I helped opened here in Frisco, um, 
I had to get a job. And being 57 years old with a resume of 20 years of suit and tie, um, you know, and I, and I definitely didn't want to get back into that, that area. Um, I went to Encore Wire. <laughs> and, and they hired me. Wow. And I worked there for 30 days. And here's the most fascinating thing about that was, A, it was I worked in the same building that my son worked in. And this is, you know, this is where I'm letting God, okay, God, you're in control. You, oh, you want me to work in a factory? You want me machine? I used to wear a suit. Okay, that's where you want me. That's where I go. So I go to Encore Wire. I was able to meet one gentleman that had a relationship with my son. And it was the most incredible experience visiting with this gentleman. Mm. But the second thing was it put me in an environment where it humbled me. It humbled me so much because, again, I'm coming for suit and tie. I'm working with million-dollar customers, you know, all day long, being a, being an actor. That's where I got my acting skills. <laughs> you see, that's, that's how it is in retail, you know, you you leave all your stuff at home, and as soon as you get to work, it's good morning. <laughs> um, but working there at Encore Wire for thirty days humbled me because I was I was surrounded by men uh, and women, uh, you know, from other countries, and you know, uh, Encore Wire had a has a habit of just hiring you know uh, people that you know don't mind the work and need a job and benefits and stuff like this. Uh, but then all of a sudden the Lord did his thing again. Uh, I wasn't even looking. I was content to where I was, I was working with Encore Wire. Um, but my wife and my, my sister-in-law somehow got together and my wife, she said, Mark, she says, they're having a job fair at Frisco. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, city of Frisco. I'm like, city of Frisco. I worked at the city of McKinney Water Department back in the nineties. And, uh, she goes, yeah, that, they got, you know, they want, you know, you can get the job up there. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to work for the city and, you know, working out in the fields. That's my mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 57 years old. I, you know, pick up a shovel. This isn't happening. But being the obedient husband, uh, I thought I would, you know, okay, whatever. So I go to the city of Frisco job fair and, uh, long story short, my sister-in-law was dating the super, Intended over there wanted me to apply for this technical specialist position. <laughs> Look, what is this? Uh, this is a position that uh, I literally uh, sit in front of a 70 or 80 inch screen TV and monitor all of these sites uh, that's ran. It's called SCADA. Uh, I control the water towers. I control so, the pump station. So don't upset Mark. He'll turn your water <laughs> off. So uh, so after 30 days of Encore, I was offered a position with City of Frisco. And guys, I cannot tell you, God is good. Wow. You know, <laughs> that's pretty amazing that for 30 days that's, you got to yeah. work at Encore in the building where your son was. And meet the individual meet, that, yeah, that, that yeah. had a relationship and with that, him. That was probably the only reason why. Yeah. But one of the things that we do here, uh, we have our guests pray us out uh, just to uh, show us a little bit of honor. So if you could uh, pray us out. Oh, absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, you just, you're so amazing. Uh Lord, I know that you know my heart and you know that I've prayed for an opportunity uh, to share my story, my testimony. And I know that you put this platform together. And, and Father, I just pray that you take this and, Father, just have it be spreaded throughout and Father, let the ears that need to hear, Father, and the hearts that need to receive. Father God, we just thank you for your love, your grace. Yeah, we, we just thank you for just always being next to us and holding our hands and walking us through everyday situations. And Father, I just thank you for the gentlemen that are here today and, and being a part of this and and I just pray blessings on them and their families, Father. And and Lord, again, I just I just ask that 
this message gets out and it touches the ones that receive it father and just at the end of the day father i just pray that we all give you the glory and we thank you and and we know that you sent your son father and and father we just thank you for that and we just we just give you all the glory in jesus name i pray amen amen, amen.